Hey everyone, this is the spoiler review and overview of Final Fantasy VII Remake. The first half is going to be Seth and us going through what happens in the plot of the game, and the second half is our really deep feelings on what happens, whether it works, and how we think the it's going to go into the future. Uh, there's not going to be a throw to break, but the break music is going to play so that you know that there's a safe spot to pause so you can listen to the rest of it later. Enjoy! And we're back. I am very excited for this uh, Suplex the Sticks remake uh, ep- part of the episode where we're going to um, talk about all the stuff we just ended up talking, finished talking about in a different context. <laughs> um, because now we can kind of get into the weird uh, nooks and crannies of this game where they... Uh, added stuff to I don't know if they they didn't take anything away um well they did <laughs> they they took well, away depends my what you mean by takeaway they they <laughs> there are things that are completely changed um yeah and so if you want to if you consider that taking away and replacing with something then yes yeah. there's stuff that is taken away yeah um so I how did I want to? I want to get to the feeling of the. I want to talk a little bit about the feeling of the ending first, and, and uh, okay. Well, we you, we have to actually set up what the ending is. <laughs> okay, you can't just start or, talking about this without context. What do you think that like? It's a matter of perspective too. Like how what what did you think the ending was? Well, I, I'm not even talking about what the ending is. I'm talking about what leads up to the ending. Okay. So, the what I'm saying is we need to recap what the story of Final Fantasy VII is. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh! I don't know if we have. Well, I not mean, the whole game, yeah, 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 yeah. The story of the remake because it's like it's. I mean, it's not a whole lot that actually goes on. This is this game took all of five hours, four or five hours in the original game. Um, so Final Fantasy VII, uh, it's the story of, of Cloud. He's this mercenary. He shows up in the city of Midgar. Um, he gets this job with this group of terrorists, eco-terrorists called Avalanche, to blow up, um, or rather to set a bomb in this thing called a Mako reactor. Um, the city of Midgar is powered by these Mako reactors, um, and what they do, they generate energy by sort of pulling up this stuff called Mako from inside the planet, which is uh, literally the kind of lifeblood of the planet. Yeah, I didn't um, want to peek the mic, but I was going to imitate Barrett yelling the yeah. lifeblood of the, the planet, baby. The lifeblood of the planet! Yeah. And so, like, they are... Like, they are, they have this amazing source of energy, but it is literally destroying the planet. Um 
And so there, Barrett is the leader of this sort of cell of Avalanche. Uh, it turns out their Avalanche is actually a very large organization. Which um, was not in the original game. Well, I don't know that it was. It Okay, it wasn't in the original game. But in apparently in the compilation, they actually, that was a thing that became a thing. Which like Avalanche I... was was an organization that existed outside of just the, the, the four people so, that were doing it. Yeah. Which, yeah. like, I didn't even, um, I didn't remember that from the compilation, and I didn't even bother to consider that before the remake. Yeah. And they, <laughs> they actually show up in, 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 in the remake, and it's very weird, and kind of just that idea is sort of left hanging after they show up at one point. Um, in the battle so Cloud joins his team, yeah. they, they go, they, they, they set up this bomb, um, it blows up. Uh, one of the the changes that we learn, um, though I think it is it is supposed to be implied that this is what happened in the original, is that Shinra, who is the organization, who basically like the Shinra Electric Power Company, they are they own these these Mako um, reactors. Uh, they're basically a sort of de facto government of a city. Um, and they seem to also be a nation somehow. It's very, the the sort of, the political structure of this world is very strange. Because there is a mayor of the city, but he also has no power. No power. He um, He's just a figurehead for Shinra. So yeah, basically. so Shinra, like the, the bomb goes off. It sort of, it seems to, like, its job is just to sort of disable the Mako reactor. Which it would have done, um, but the head of, the president of Shinra is watching on and he... He gives the order to press a button and activates this kind of self-destruct, which destroys this reactor. Um, it really blows things that out of proportion. Yeah, we come to learn that um, Shinra is trying to use this to reignite a war with a, uh, a rival nation called Wutai. Um, so Cloud and, and the gang, they leave. Uh, they, they, they get on after some... Other things that happen with Cloud, they get on a train and go back to the Sector 7 slums where they are headquartered. Uh, we spend some time with Cloud, like, getting to know the, the area. Um, uh, and then it com- come to the, the next day, um, Avalanche is planning to attack another Mako reactor. And they have made the decision that Cloud is not going to be a part of that. Um, and that's when things start to get a little spicy. Uh, in the in the original game, if you played it, you will know that Cloud was part of the team that went to go um, bomb the original reactor. And so the next morning, uh, when you wake up there, the the Sector Seven slums are being attacked by these Dementor things. <laughs> That's um, the only I, thing so, I could describe them. Yeah, as, as a side, it's it's. Uh, I like how basically everyone um, who was not. Everyone who is trying to not refer to them to their actual name it calls them Dementors, basically. Because yeah. they look exactly like Dementors from the Harry Potter movies. Um, uh, so these these things are attacking, and they hurt uh, one of the Avalanche members, Jessie, so she can't go. Uh, which means that Cloud is called back into action. Um, they There is a little... Uh, well, the night before, there's a little side mission with Jessie. Um... And so, so they go to... Which has one to, of the most impactful scenes in the game, in my opinion. 
Yes, yeah. so that was very good. But also, it's not like really pertinent to the story. Uh, but we'll we'll circle around back. To yeah, that, <laughs> sure. Um, so the Avalanche crew uh, this time, including Tifa, who is um, so we have Barrett, who's the leader. Uh, Tifa is also part of it. She is the owner of this bar, Seventh Heaven, which also serves as their Avalanche's secret base. Um, she has a little. She has some misgivings about the way uh, Barrett is doing things and the the sort of greater impact it is having to people who aren't involved uh, with Shinra. Um, but she goes along with it. They go to the reactor. They plant the bomb. Um, they get to the top. There's a big sort of confrontation with a, a, a big hologram of President Shinra. Um, he... I don't know that he, he lays out his evil plan to them at that point. Um, but they get into a fight with this thing. Uh, it seems like Shinra blows up the reactors. Yeah, this is the only thing. I don't actually remember it happening. Um, does the second reactor actually get blown up? Because I know that Shin- Shinra takes control over the remote explosive. But I don't actually remember it exploding. I don't remember either. Um I think it exp- I think it blows up. I don't know. You you don't see it. But uh in the process um of this fight that that you are having with this big robot that Shinra has sent to kill you, um Cloud gets separated from the rest of the group and falls down the thousands of feet into um into the slumps below. He lands in this flower garden of a church uh, where he meets Aerith, uh who he had previously met on the way home from the first uh bombing run. Aerith is a she lives in in the in in the slums in sector five um and she is being hunted by the Turks who are this sort of intelligence organization uh and and black ops team for Shinra they're trying to bring her back um we don't know why at this point but Cloud steps up and, and is the bodyguard and um they um so Cloud Cloud helps her uh, helps some of the people in Sector Five. Um, Aerith offers to he, he has to, but he has to get back to the rest of the team. Aerith offers to be a guide, um, but he but they decide to leave in the morning. However, in the middle of the night, uh, Cloud snakes out because Aerith's mom wants wants him to leave. But Aerith follows him and and takes him uh, on a this sort of back route back to uh, Sector Seven, um, which I did not remember that happening in the original game. And Forrest yeah, had so to that remind me the, that happened. Yep. Yeah, that's like the the big robot hands were in the original. Um, you just sort of walked over them. Um, <laughs> yeah, you didn't actually have to do a whole lot with them. Um, so uh, as they're on the way there, on the way back to Sector 7, um, they are getting close to uh, this sort of big gate that separates the, the sectors. Uh, and who comes by in the, in the back of this... Um, car it's not a car what's the word it's, it's like I a carriage chariot but yeah a carriage uh tifa's back there uh cloud runs i'm like what are you doing and she's like well i'm going to um there are these people who there are these men who came asking questions and they are the henchmen of this guy called don corneo so i'm gonna figure out what's happening um then there's a lot of stuff that happens at walmart it's not really super important but you get tifa back you go through uh the sewers um the big thing is like Don Corneo gives he, he tells the the team that 
uh, Shinra is about to destroy this um, pillar, which holds up, which helps hold up the plate uh, above them, and, and they're basically going to drop the plate on on the the slums, uh, killing basically everyone who lives on the plate and below the plate in the process, in order to destroy Avalanche, and presumably also to um, frame Avalanche as the um, instigators. Or the and, ones who are doing this, and they keep they keep mentioning that like Wu Tai is backing Avalanche, yeah. which there's no clue if that's actually happening. Yeah, that seems like it's a thing that is uh, more designed um, to be like propaganda for, for, for the, the future. Yeah, for them for uh, right. wanting that war to happen. Yeah, because uh, again, in the compilation, there is a sort of backstory of an actual war with Wu Tai. Yep. Um, uh, so you go, you eventually, after way too many dungeons, you get to the, this pillar. Um, there's, so in the, in the original, the, the three other members of Wu-Tai who are not playable characters, Avalanche. Jesse, Biggs, and Wedge. Uh, yeah, not Wu-Tai. Uh, now, see, they've got me doing it. Yeah. Um, Avalanche, Jesse, Biggs, and Wedge. The propaganda yeah. um, Once you get to this point in the original game, like, Cloud arrives, and each of them, as like you find them, have been are, they're already dead, uh, trying to defend this pillar. So as you get to this pillar, um, uh, one of them, Wedge, is sort of thrown off of the the pillar, and um, but Cloud, instead of him dying, Cloud saves him, um, and that sort of starts this. That's uh, I don't know if it's at that point or beforehand that these Dementor things start showing back up. Um, they as as you make your way through the pillar, um, they are, and they are around all of the characters who uh, appear to be like dying. Um, uh, while this is happening, Aerith goes off to the the bar to um, save Marlene, yeah. who is Barrett's daughter. Uh, and I'll just say when we talked about the you talked about the actual emotional moments in the game. I like was I remember of this when I when I yeah the scene with Aerith and Marlene in the bar. Like I teared up because yeah, gosh she like whoever was voice was voice acting Marlene is so Such good, a good at job. portraying like an actual terrified child and, of. And uh, there's this who, one line that really got oh. me um, when Aerith is like introducing herself and uh, Marlene asks something around the lines of like like did you give us that flower or something about the flower that Aerith gave cloud earlier in the game? That Is that she back. smells like the flower? Yeah. She smells like the flower. Yeah. And like Marlene says that line in like immediately I felt myself get punched in the heart huh. and I went, Oh God. And then like every, like the next five minutes after that, I was just like, I, I was getting really invested <laughs> in all of it. Yeah. That was, that was a, that was a tough scene. Um, so Cloud, he makes his way through the pillar, um, and you get to the top and fight the Turks who are there to to, to blow the plate, basically. And you appear to stop and them. and take Aerith. Uh, yeah. So uh, one of the one of the other members of the Turks uh, goes to the bar and uh, finds Aerith, and they basically make a deal like to get Marlene to safety, and if they do, like she agrees to go back with them to Shinra. Um, but so Cloud gets to the top of the plate with Barrett, and you appear to actually stop the Turks, uh, and and with Tifa, uh, to from blowing the plate, which, uh, as we know, does not happen in the original game. <laughs> yeah. and so all of a sudden, these uh, the Dementors show back up, and they base and they intervene and make it so the um, 
so the Turks like they basically cause the the Turks to be able to uh, blow the plate, and so it it comes it crashing down on on the on the under the Sector Seven Undercity, uh, and there's mass carnage. Um, Barrett and Cloud and Tifa get away by zipline, but um, they've failed their mission, and Aerith has been captured. Barrett doesn't know if Marlene's alive. We don't know if anyone survived. Um, we saw Wedge get crushed with his cats, possibly. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, we find out later that they did a, a well enough job of getting people out, uh, and a lot of people survive. Uh, you go back in there um, to find Wedge somehow alive in the secret underground lab, which, again, uh, they it's just kind of left out there. Um, you go in there and then don't really... It, like, I guess it sort of becomes a thing. Um, that's the first area where you... And they didn't fully explain it. That's the first area where you interact with the, like, uh, unknown enemies. Like, the weird... Yeah. Uh, so I guess that is the first time we find out that Shinra is doing, like... Uh, testing on humans to, yeah. to sort of create other life forms and you find a bunch of them down there uh but it is it's also very weird because like after that i don't know that that segment was kind of strange for me um because like it seems like a big deal and then it's not really treated like a big deal afterward um but so they take bigs to Aerith's mother's house which is which you find out is where uh they drop marlene off um, his name is wedge don't call him bigs oh. because he's the fat one <laughs> That's well, I, don't, I can never remember uh, which <laughs> well, one it is. Well, remember, Biggs is not the big one. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, I don't know. That one's that's. I'm always like, which is which. Um, so they, like, they go. They they meet up and they all decide that they're going to go save Aerith. Um, so they uh, go and. They climb the the they climb through the the debris of the the crashed plate, um, and get uh, eventually to Shinder HQ. So break in, um, uh, get all the way up through. Go through. Uh, you meet the the mayor of. Uh, you find out he's actually on the inside. He's a member of Aval- Avalanche and has been helping them sneak through. Um, which is uh, a pretty fun scene. Which He's... explains everything <laughs> yes. before. Like, yes. yeah. you guys, it explains why on the train you, it was a nice little, I don't know if that happened in the original game. Not that I remember. But it explains why you're on a train with a guy with a gun arm, a guy with a giant sword, and a woman outfitted for battle. And no one is coming to get you yeah. for the most part. Uh, it's because the mayor uh, is keeping everyone at bay. Yes, the mayor is the, yes. is Avalanche's man on the inside. Yeah, the mayor's also oh god, he's such a terrible person, but he's and and it's but it's sort of funny. Uh, he's such a slimeball, uh, but he's great. Um, so they go up through, they go through, uh, they eavesdrop on this creepy meeting uh, with Shinra when they talk about like their uh, plans. Um, the promised land or whatever yeah we, we learned about the promised land um uh we go but we're going up so we've so Aerith is being held in this laboratory um run by this guy named hojo uh as we find out Aerith is sort of the last remaining uh ancestor of this um race 
called uh, they they call them the ancients who who existed before mankind and they had this they they were sort of in tune with the planet and they had control over Mako and there's this place called the Promised Land that is supposed to have endless Mako and Shinra's plan is to use Aerith to go there and build a city there uh, and and basically it's it's like this utopia that Shinra is in charge of uh, Neo so they need Aerith to do that yeah but so Cloud in the Green goes up to into Hojo's lab to save her uh, it's terrible uh you fight some monsters some some creations of hojos and you get to the top and um uh there's this once you get in there there's this tube with this thing in it uh that is sort of vaguely humanoid and and i don't know what it is but uh, after you go through um there's this scene with this guy who we'll talk about uh, Cloud falls down, so he has to make his way all the way back up through this lab, which is literally the worst part of the game. Um, <laughs> you get up to the, you get up back to the top where Cloud originally fall, fell off. The 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 being in the tube is gone, um, and you follow the trail, and it go and it leads to President Shinra's office, um, who who is you find hanging off the side of the building. And man, I really wanted Barrett to just throw him off. I yeah, know. Uh, that was the moment where they gave Barrett a lot more heart, though. Yes, because you realized he was. That was one of the spots where it was like, he's, uh, he's not like this brute sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I really I wanted him to, but so Barrett <laughs> saves him. They get into this altercation, and then out of nowhere. Uh, President Shinra is stabbed through the chest by this very long sword. Um, belonging to this guy named Sephiroth, who, <laughs> if you know anything about Final Fantasy VII, you know who he is, what his deal. Even if you don't know about Final Fantasy VII, you probably know who Sephiroth is, or at least what he looks like, or at least how big his sword is. It's it's kind of iconic at this point. Um, he shows up. Uh, there's some shenanigans. Um, Sephiroth, he shows up actually a lot of times throughout the story it, it's uh, like, in very strange moments um very, speaking to cloud directly and it's not really yes. clear if he's actually there or not and it's like um it's in like all these moments are really like they're kind of portrayed as like cloud having like basically like ptsd flashbacks yeah like these or like weird experiences but like so and it's not clear if he's actually in those moments talking to cloud and then disappears or what but he does he he does show up in Hojo's lab, uh, and everyone sees for the, him there for the world to see. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and and he shows up again in President Shinra's office, and everyone knows he, everyone can see him. Everyone knows he's there. Uh, he kills uh, President Shinra. He then stabs Barrett through the chest. Yeah, which um, that was a thing that did big... not happen in the first one. Um, and. Then the Dementor show back up again. One of them sort of flies into Barrett's chest, uh, in a in very strange. Um, so Cloud goes after Sephiroth. Uh, he jumps off the building. Um, well, it turns out that he actually was a guy that you met earlier in the game. Um, wait, uh, first is this when you fight Genova? I'm. I don't remember. No, this is you you fight Genova and then you fight um well you fight Genova after Hojo's lab. 
because of yes. the like vision. Um, and right. Then, so that and then you fight you, Rufus on the roof before you jump off. <laughs> Rufus. So um, so the thing in the in the big tube that Sephiroth took was this being called Genova, which um, they hinted really early on in this game that. Like Cloud says, Genova and Mother. Yeah, and it's like yeah. Ooh. So there's some other stuff with Cloud. Uh, Cloud seems to have some idea what Genova is. Like the game, this game um, doesn't. It doesn't not explain what Genova is. There is this cutscene that tells you the history of the Cetra, or the which are the name of the ancients, um, and it says they were destroyed by a meteor. Uh, and there's also a thing that that uh, Red Thirteen. Who is okay? Wait, I forgot Red Thirteen. Uh, one of the the things you <laughs> find in the lab is this talking dog cat thing named um, Red Thirteen. Well, he calls him his. He says his designation given by Hojo was Red Thirteen, and so that's what people call him. He appears to know what Genova is, uh, and what never, the I, Genova's are. name is. Genova's name is never really um, spoken, uh, but when you fight it, uh, I think you fight it coming out of. I'm trying to remember. I think it's it's before Shinra's office, right? Or is it in Shinra's office? It's before Shinra's office. It's a yeah, so it's a vision, and it's um it it happens I think around a Dementor attack because that's when Red Thirteen also mentions that he like knows what the Dementors are, which is what Forrest was just getting at. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't know. You fight Genova, and that's really the only time you actually you actually see the name uh, after you beat Genova. Um, it turns into this body of this guy in a robe. So you've in two times previously in the game, you've seen these these weird guys with robes who seem to have they're they have like some they have something wrong with them. Um, and they've got and numbers so on of, them. Yes. Uh, so after you beat you beat Genova, one turns into him. Cloud when he runs after Sephiroth, um, he's cl- he climbs up to the top of the building and Sephiroth is standing up there. He jumps off, but he turns into another one of these guys with robes uh and it's very strange not really uh you're not really sure what's happening there if <laughs> yeah. you don't know what's happening there uh cloud then goes back uh he meets up with the crew uh they're about to get airlifted off by avalanche but the helicopter's blown out of the sky by the turks um rufus shinra he steps out he's the the son of the president which man um, he was awesome yes Yes, was... you then go. You, you then you one v one Rufus on final destination. <laughs> yeah, um, no items. The, the rest all the of the ones you brought with you. <laughs> the rest of the team they go uh, to get Earth to safety. Although it turns out Tifa stayed behind and helps Cloud out. Um, so Cloud's up there fighting Rufus. Uh, the the other the other three are going back through the building and they fight this big machine gun thing. Um, eventually. You get to the bottom. (laughs) You get to the bottom. Um, Everyone's surrounded. Cloud shows up on a motorcycle and blasts everyone away. Uh, And then you get to... There's a motorcycle fight sequence, which is pretty fun. Um, And then uh, the game arrives at the very end. So So that is uh, also like... That is like Cloud's motorcycle. And when I saw it earlier, when you're running through that lobby area, I was like, oh, man. (laughs) Yeah. This yeah. needs to cover the play. And I yelled, oh, yeah, in my living room <laughs> oh, when he, like, I got really hype. But, sorry. Go, the Yes. So, 
then we arrive at what is the final act of the game. Ooh, quick, um, quick thing. Um, something I don't think we mentioned. Um, Wedge is in the Shinra building yes, during all this. Yes, that's true. And yeah. There um, is a scene where a bunch of um, the, the Dementors time dementors, throw him off the building. Yeah, they like the so screen. So who knows if like, he's dead? They, yeah, exactly. They surround him and like circling around him, and then the screen goes black if I'm remembering correctly, and you just hear glass shattering. Yeah. So uh, the thing, so these Dementor things, um, they they seem they appear to circle. Before that happens, they kind of cir- circle and envelop the entire uh, Shinra building. They're flying around it, yes. and it's very menacing. Um, and that and that's when they appear before Wedge and kind of. Uh, push him out. The thing about them, uh, they first appear early on, like very beginning of the game, after you finish the the bombing, the first bombing mission when Cloud initially meets Aerith. Yep. Like she's being hounded by them, because um, I guess she was in the wrong place, uh, according to certain things. Um, according to destiny. Yeah. Uh, Cloud D can't destiny. initially yeah, see them. Cloud initially can't see them until Aerith touches him when. Which allows him to then see them. Um, they, I guess, because of the other, the rest of the team's contact with Cloud, out uh, when they attack the, um, when they attack the, the the bar, the that's when they they all are able to see them. Um, but it kind of, it it is implied that only the people who sort of have a connection with Aerith are people who can see these things. And um, Rufus, which. Okay, I yeah. guess so Rufus that's, that's must a, have... We... You do find... It, there's a scene where Rufus can see them, which leads to some interesting questions about the future of, of what his character is going to be. Right. Um. So, we cut... We, what we learn about these things that have been showing up is they are these things called uh, whispers or um, arbiters of fate. <laughs> and what their job is is to basically make sure things happen the way they happened in the original release of Final Fantasy VII. Exactly. So they are they are They're there to correcting... keep the world line straight, baby. <laughs> yes, they are they're correcting events when they are veering away from um from what happened in the original game. Um so like in the original game, uh Cloud went on the second bombing mission. Um, and so they intervened. They they made sure Jesse got hurt, so she couldn't go. So they had to bring in Cloud. Um, they showed up when both Jesse and and uh, Jesse and Biggs appear to die. Appear to die um, on the pillar. Um, clearly making sure they, that it would happen. Um, they when Wedge would have died falling off the pillar. They appeared to push him off the side of. Uh, off the side of the Shinra building, so he falls to his death. <laughs> they, um, they also there are other they they are also the ones. So when Sephiroth got when Sephiroth stabbed Barrett, the one that went in him appeared apparently just saved his life, like brought him back to life Cause, somehow. Because that wasn't Barrett's like time to die. Yeah, because he didn't die there in the original game. Yeah. Um, there's I, another time where they prevent like this some rubble from falling on them. They also save Hojo at one point. Um from getting killed by the party. Uh, so so 
what they are doing they, is hold on. They also sure. stop Hojo from revealing that Cloud's not a soldier. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's true. Which happens way uh. later. <laughs> um, the game also, I do want to note mechanically, cleverly uses these Dementors at some points in the game so that you cannot go too far away from just like they make the game a little more linear in some points, um, which I thought was very clever looking back. Um, yeah. Uh, so that's. So the whispers, they are. It's clear that they are trying to direct Cloud and and company down a certain path. Uh, and that as that is the path of the original game. Um. So, and the other thing before we get to what actually before to actually talking about the ending, uh, we have to talk about Sephiroth. Um. So Sephiroth is the big bad guy of Final Fantasy 7, the original yes. game. He's the final boss. Um he in the original game appears briefly at the end of the Midgar section. Um uh after like Cloud has this sort of uh weird PTSD moment and um he and he sort of passes out and then when he wakes up um, you, you, you go through the building to try and escape and it's covered in blood and, uh, it is implied, like, I think you see glimpses of Sep- Sephiroth and then you get up to the Shinra presidents and he's got this huge sword in his back. And so it's yeah. implied that sort of Sephiroth went this huge path of destruction through and killing everyone in the, in the building. Um, and so once that section ends, like the goal of the game sort of becomes to find Sephiroth. The um, the one fat um incompetent member of the board of Shinra tells people that he saw Sephiroth and none of them yeah. can believe him. And yeah. it's a real funny moment during yeah. that meeting. They're all like, You're high. Shut up. <laughs> Except for Hojo. Hojo believes yes. him. Yeah. So in the in the original game, Sephiroth doesn't show up until the very end of Midgar. Um this one differs, however. Sephiroth shows up quite often uh in, in Cloud's head sort of telling him cryptic things, uh, trying, appearing to sort of guide him in, in a certain direction. Um, and when we get to the end of the game, Sephiroth, he certainly has knowledge of the Whispers and what they're trying to do, and he appears to have, I don't know, a level of control over them. Or at um, least a way to defeat them. Yeah, or at least, like, uh, they, they can't interact with him somehow. Um, which brings up the weird nature of what Sephiroth is in this game. Yeah, I, yeah, that's we'll so, get there. Um, there's this after you do the 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 fight on the the motorbike, like you come to this the end of this highway, um, and you are basically like surrounded by these whispers, um, and Sephiroth appears creating this kind of gate. And he tells Cloud to follow him. And then Aerith does a thing and the gate turns white instead. And uh, this, I'm not really sure what happened. This is where you get the first weird cut scene where it flashes back to Zack. Zack's final stand. Zack's final stand. But you don't right, see well, how it yeah, turns out. We'll, we'll get to that. <laughs> That's So yeah, but there is this weird cut scene of this guy you've never seen in there just kind of thrown in. Uh, and you see, you, like, you see him outside of Midgar in the desert. Um, but so, 
the wraith. Oh, quick thing: the wraiths are circling Midgar at yes. in that cutscene. Yes, yeah. that's which, why it's weird. It's really weird because that is not happening at the same time as where we are at in the game. Okay, yes, we will get to that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it should be. A, we'll talk about Zach in a little bit. Um, Good. <laughs> so, like, there's this whole speech about how, like, they have to like Destiny is trying to lead them in one path. Um, and it, it, it seems like they, it appears that they need to like find a way to stop that from happening to be able to do whatever they need to do. Um, Aerith has this speech about how if they, if they do this, they won't only change the future. They're also, they'll also change themselves. And, um, they all decide to step through this gateway that she has created or altered or something. It's yeah. not really clear what happens they, there. They just decide it's worth it as long as they can beat Sephiroth. Yeah. Um, Which is great. And so they... Well, I don't... My read at that moment is that they are not focused on stopping Sephiroth. Uh, but they have decided that they need to find a way to defeat these Whispers who are trying to influence their decisions. Gotcha. Um uh, so they step to this gate, and then you go into this section where it's it's not really, I don't know that you're in reality, but you're in this sort of sp- fate space, I guess, where you are fighting. <laughs> fate space. There's this gigantic, like the, the whispers have formed this gigantic manifestation called the Arbiter of Fate, and you have to destroy him, basically. This is a this, very Kingdom Hearts-esque boss, by the way. Um. The the way this this so the way this boss fight works is um, you have your party uh, it it you take turns who like who is available in your party and you fight these three figures who are also like these um, they all have these weird names uh, but they are like manifestations who are trying to stop you and you have to defeat them to destroy the the final boss um, there's some interesting things about them. Yeah, they're, um, I think they're supposed to be like manifestations of you. I think I got that feeling too because yes, yeah, so the weapons look. Yeah, so God, there's a fly. <laughs> <Okay>. Clap <laughs> on, clap on ten. <laughs> um, there's just a bug flying around me. Um, was, <laughs> sorry for peeking the microphone there. Um, yeah, so you find these three things like they're they're the. Their information when you assess them does imply that they are versions of Cloud, Tifa, and Barrett from the future who are trying to stop you from doing what you are doing. Um, because they make note that one of them carries a sword, one of them fights with their bare fists, and one of them has a gun yeah. or an arm. Um, so you, but going through this battle, you, you fight them. Um, and then eventually destroy the Arbiter of Fate. Uh, and you appear to have broken the chain of, of what was happening. And, and now the whole world is set before you. Uh, but before that, there is um, you have to go through this. I'm trying to remember how... I don't remember exactly how the game transitions from one to the other. But uh, Cloud appears in this kind of other another space um so so one of the things about when you while you are fighting the the arbiters of fate um each time you get through a phase you see these uh each of the characters are granted with these visions 
um, which are <laughs> yep. scenes from the original Final Fantasy VII. There is a line that that Red Thirteen gives, uh, like I think it was it's Barrett who asked what was that, and Red Thirteen says that that those that's what will happen if we if we fail today, um, and so is so like implying that if you don't win, that like the plot will go through as from Final Fantasy VII. Uh, as it as it were um it's very interesting the things that are shown um a bunch of these things that are shown are actually seen directly from the advent children movie yeah like literally yeah. the same thing uh which, which the interesting thing is they all pumped. appear to be i don't know i don't know that they're all bad but it's sort of ambiguous <laughs> what is happening um like those with knowledge of the of the game sort of have have a bit more context of what is happening, um, but after you beat the the Arbiter's Fate, you appear in this arena, which seems to be a version of this future. I think it's basically like a destroyed Midgar, um, and you have to fight Sephiroth for some reason, um, and it's you know it's a battle. You get through it. Um, who this... who were your final three? Because I I need to know. Yeah, so um, I my like I my second person was Aerith, um, which was cool. She has this this really cool line where she's like, uh, like clouds like be careful, he's strong, and Aerith is like, so what? Screw him. Yeah, I really? love it. Oh, yes, yeah. I didn't yes. get Aerith, so oh, I didn't man. get that. You I missed got, it. Yeah, and then I got and then I got Tifa. I like I wonder. There are definitely there are there are things in the game which there are um, other moments like this where choices you make um, have an invisible out uh, like influence on stuff that happens in the game. Yeah, I got Tifa and Barrett. Um, yeah. Um, and so you fight Sephiroth, you beat him. There's this weird moment. Uh, I don't know. We can and and then the they they set off the the game's over. Um. Okay, so that's <laughs> that took a, a bit longer um, than I was <laughs> anticipating. But you know, when you try to explain it, it's just like, well, what the heck is this? Um, so, but like the big differences, of course, are the the whispers and Sephiroth in this game. Um, so, okay, so what 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 do we want to talk about here? Um, I do want to note that. Um, I loved when I I I want to note real quick if you watch that five minute trailer Seth I would love for you to go back and watch it as someone who's played the game because Barrett getting stabbed is straight up in that trailer yes really yeah yeah that's, that's and insane. the scene with Zach looking at the shadow covered Midgar is also that's, in that trailer that's weird yes no that's why so that's why after I saw that trailer I'm like. I'm playing this game because yeah, stuff I'm is going to hit the fan. That then. Yeah. The the bear getting sad thing was weird. Like like when it happened, I wasn't even shocked or anything. I was just like, "Well, that's strange." Uh, it's it's the first high like I really think that wedge wedge surviving was weird, but like when when Barrett got stabbed initially, it was like, "Oh, they're doing something." Yeah. Um, and, and 
it, it even hit me, even though I knew it was coming, because I figured that maybe it was in a vision or something. And but no, like no, it was straight, it straight up straight up like happened. happened. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. There's like, like, like when certain different stuff happened to minor characters, it was like, okay, whatever. Uh, that's not really super important. But certainly when Barrett got stabbed, it's like, whoa, that's that's not right. Also, um, just Genova being in this game, yeah, was Genova crazy. Being in this game was weird because Genova um, doesn't show up until at least in a physical presence till way later i'm pretty well yeah sure. i mean her body is is in the lab in the original uh but yeah you don't fight her until much farther along um so before we actually like talk about the ending i want to talk about uh what i would like to call the sephiroth problem um <laughs> okay. so i think a lot of hmm um Okay, so I don't know that this is the genesis of the way they decided to go about this. But when you look think about the game and like the 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 problem of redesigning this game is that is Sephiroth looms so large over this game and in public like uh thought. Um and so there are a, you have the choice here is either to... So you can't... Sephiroth appears at the end of, of Midgar in the original game to sort of set up what is going on. It's like, okay, so here's the bad guy that we're following. Or or at least we're trying to figure out what's going on with him. Um, I guess more of that setup is in Calm directly after. Um, uh, but it's sort of like the inciting incident for the rest of the game. Um, but... But since this game is only Midgar, you can't just like have this guy show up at the very end of the game and then disappear, because that wouldn't make any sense. Um, so you either have to remove him from Midgar entirely and just make it about Avalanche versus Shinra, or he has to be um, th- he has to be in the game throughout. Um, and clearly they took the latter uh thing but like i wonder if that was like they realized that problem and and had to figure out a way to write around that because like in the original game like it's i the visions with cloud are because of sephiroth we find out uh and like but they don't actually start from what i remember at least um, they, they're not really happening until, like, Cloud has direct interaction with, like, the Shinra people who are, um, also involved with Sephiroth. Yeah. Like, you're, you're, throughout the original game, you're not having these visions, I don't believe. Um. Not like after, this. No. Yeah. They're very specific, like, set-piece moments. That's a weird way to describe it. But, like, they're not, they're yeah. not as fre- frequent. Sure. Um, and like that's all that stuff is happening because of Sephiroth, but it doesn't really start until um, after Sephiroth is actually encountered, or rather after Genova is encountered, I guess. Um, and so, so like they had to figure out a way to make that work, and I wonder if the whole whispers thing was a product of that, or um, was a product of. 
something else. Because, um, like, I feel like every moment in this in this game with Sephiroth is is a low point of the game. Like, all the Sephiroth, it's, it's such a slog to get through. Um, and it, it doesn't really add anything to what is happening. And it is the, the most clear moments that are um, pointing toward, like, it's like a wink and nod. It's like, oh, you remember this guy from the first one? Well, here he is. Um, rather than actually being a part of the plot of the game. You know? You, un- you understand what I'm trying to say? I guess, yeah. Um, like he he doesn't actually like he doesn't have anything to do with this, with what is actually happening in the game until like after, uh, and so I don't know. Like, if this game didn't have Sephiroth, like I think it would be fine, honestly. Like the I, the whole the like they could have even done the 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 whole fighting against fate thing and i think it still would have worked without sephiroth like i felt this game was had a very clear like arc that it was leading up to a big confrontation with shinra um and instead it led up to a big confrontation with a guy who had not been involved in the story at all so you mentioned that like like sephiroth is saying these cryptic things and some of this weird stuff. And I really think that there is a a B plot that maybe isn't fleshed out enough. I can agree with you on that. But I really think that, and maybe I'm projecting a little too much in the story <laughs> and like like dream booking. Like that's what you say when you like dream, make up dream wrestling matches, like dream booking. That Sephiroth was slowly planting seeds in Cloud and then used Cloud to destroy the Whispers and the Harbinger. Because in that last scene, he tries to get him to join him, and then Cloud doesn't. Yeah, and um, so and that's certainly possible. That's certainly maybe what they were intending, but that's not, that's not really what happens in the game. Like, the game is not... If that's what they meant, it is not clear that that is what is happening. I mean, I can agree with you that it's not clear, but, like, that's, that's what I was... Yeah. I mean, I was at the end of it. I was like, "Oh man, Sephiroth couldn't do it himself," and so he tried to do this to get Cloud to join him. And then at the end, Sephiroth was kind of frustrated with that. And was like, "You've got seven seconds left, whatever." And then at the bones edge out. of creation. At the edge of creation. <laughs> okay, um, so but Sephiroth couldn't do what then? He couldn't destroy the whispers himself. Okay, but why does he need to do that? So that Cloud could join him. Because fate was fixed well, otherwise. Well, Alright, but why does... But, okay, so here's my problem. Like, this stuff, like, it's not... There is no motivation for the characters in this game to actually do any of this stuff. Like, these big final two fights are not part of the plot of this game. Like, like they're cool big set pieces... And I sort of appreciate the the meta narrative element of it. Yeah. But when it comes to the characters in this story and what is happening to them, like this is not part of it. Like they have, like what is, what, what would be their point of fighting these whispers? Like, who, why, why are they, why do they care about this outside of Aerith? I guess who seems 
who I guess has an inclination of what Sephiroth is. Like, why why do they? Like, I, I, I mean, I understand why this is happening, because, like, Tifa has backstory with it, uh, certainly Cloud does, uh, Aerith has an idea of what is happening, um, Red 13 seems to have some inclination of, of events, and so I guess, with knowledge of stuff that is not in the game, it sort of makes sense for them to want to fight this guy, but again, that is stuff that's not in the game, and so, when I got to this, like, it was like, okay... I guess I'll do this, um, but it seems like I'm doing this more out of like this. Like this fight is more in the game out of um, not necessity, but but because well, I guess necessity is the best way to describe. It. Like they needed they needed to have a big Sephiroth fight in it, and so they work backwards to uh, figure out a way to make that work. Like, it does not feel like an organic part of the story to me. Um, well, I think... And so... And see, so every, this everything, is... Everything with Sephiroth was just, like, annoying to me. I mean, I, I guess... I just... I In my head still, I think that... I can understand where you're coming from. But I think that... I think that that's maybe what they were trying to get across and they didn't do it very well. And... There's also the fact that I don't think the if they I'm assuming they're going to make more. I don't think they're going to follow the original path of the game, the original game. Like I don't think I think this is going to end up being a whole different. Well, yeah, sort of I mean beast. that is the the, the controlling force the... that was pushing things in the direction of the original game is gone now. Like yes. there's yes, that is very obviously <laughs> what the meaning of the ending is so yes. that it's um this is a thing that it's like when we talk about tetsuya nomura uh it's real uh, and you look at his the direction of his the games he's working on it's very strange like you got kingdom hearts which is about uh like he's making games that are basically about game development rather than <laughs> about the actual stories of games which is you know i kind of like it it's but I don't know that it actually leads to uh, good storytelling. Um, and so, yes, the point of the ending of this game is that it's it's like the creator saying, okay, so we gave you this part of the game that is a mostly faithful recreation of this game that you loved, and now we have set the table to go out and do our own thing with these characters, which I think, like, I am all for that. I think it's very cool. Um, it's a cool idea. Um, I had like I had this thought before, um, like it interests me, like the future of the game interests me in the same way that like Assassin's Creed interests me, um, because like in a way, like Final Fantasy VII is like a historical text, like it is part of the history of video games, uh, it is sort of canonized, and so um, in the same way that like Assassin's Creed games they take history and sort of tweak it and allow you to play through it and 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 like this uh different uh, way like that's what they are going for with um the future of the Final Fantasy 7 saga uh and I think that's all that's cool um I think I I might like it more in concept than I will like it in execution uh because <laughs> Tetsuya Nomura has never been one to um practice restraint uh with his storytelling um and so 
Like, I think it's cool. Um, but I just don't know that it actually fits in the game. Yeah. Because, like, everything that happens at the very end of this game, you have to have played Final Fantasy VII, the original one, to oh, understand. Yeah. No, yeah. no, no. There's, like, the, the Zack stuff. Um, there's the, like, Red 13 gets the, the image of him running up to the, the edge of the canyon, which is in the end of the game. Yeah, it's the like, very end of the, there, end of the game. Yeah, there's... Of the original game. There's a lot of stuff that happens that, like... The moment uh, with Cloud and Sephiroth at whatever the edge of creation is, is, like, shot for shot, the very ending of Final Fantasy VII when Cloud kills Sephiroth, but instead uh, Sephiroth deflects his final blow and it's like, no, now it's not, it's, this is not the time for this yet. Um, and it's... Like, I don't know. Like, I think all that stuff is cool um, from a conceptual standpoint. Um, but having it be the actual ending of this game kind of left me wanting. Um, yeah. Because it was not the... It was not the conclusion of the story that they were telling. It was the table setting for the rest of the story. Um and it turned the game from like this cool standalone experience into like, okay, so what's next? Like <laughs> a compilation's worth of games. And and I and it's just it's kind of annoying to me, like that they rather they they like if you're going to change it, change it into a way that turned this sequence into like uh, a full story rather than. Um, sort of just sidestepping the end and instead throwing these breadcrumbs for the future. Um, but of course, that's always what Tetsuya Nomura does. That's basically his design philosophy. <laughs> yes. That's fair, yeah. I I don't know. I, I tended to be a little more optimistic on... I, like, I got real hype. Um, I really think that... Maybe I'm a bit more of a sucker for that stuff. I and am, I, I'm, I'm definitely with you on this. But the, I think it's just because I think of all the possibilities of what could happen. Because yeah. there's like the the hints that Aerith might not die. Like he sees the lake. Oh, and I it's think 100. That's what they're. Yeah, they're, that seems to be what they're implying. They're going to do is they're going to be like, okay, so what if Final Fantasy VII but Aerith didn't die? <laughs> um, so it's. They're they're gonna go forward and do some weird stuff. We saw Kate. Sh- sh- you said the name. <laughs> yeah, that was another thing. Kate Sith shows up randomly after the plate collapses, and it's just there. He's just watching for some yeah. reason, lamenting um, it. He's lamenting it. Yeah, and yeah. There was but like, why is he there? So it's weird that he was there, but it's really neat if you look when you're in the Shinra building and in the subways. There's some weird uh, posters where they're like, look at look at the city through the eyes of a cat, and like 
you can get mm. into a cat and explore the city. And so it's like, that's a weird call to what Kate Sith actually is. Yeah, um, I mean, and that's that's a cool Easter egg. But again, that doesn't, like, why is Kate Sith in the game? It's I mean, just yeah, like this random no scene of this cat <laughs> being sad that crying the plate over, is falling. Yeah, yeah, over the plate falling, and then it's gone. And it's like, well, that there was no point, and that doesn't need to be there. Yeah, uh, it's it's a little too like because it's never very obvious that Reeve is in control of it, but you know that Reeve isn't super happy that the plate fell. Yeah, well, yeah, it's not obvious at all. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's that's not really even in the original game. You don't really like <laughs> you can't you don't really know what Kateseth is until it's revealed that it's Reeve. Um, and I mean, so, like, they did a good job of actually making Reeve a character in this game. Uh, but I don't think that is reason enough to put this random cat in there for some yeah. reason. And that's and it's literally just there to, as, like, a wink and a nudge toward people who actually have played the original one. Yeah. Um, I don't know. And it's... <laughs> I It's just... it's. I think that's a strange way of going about making a game. Um, Let's talk about... I, I know you said it's strange. I I get it. I I still like it. I uh I I don't know. I find it charming and sort of also I like the I I just like the possibilities of all of it. Yeah. It's the implications, you know. But like... it's but I do I do think that the the Kate Sith thing was egregious. I, I remember well, look, thinking that's too much. If you if you have never played the first game and you come into this game, everything in chapter 18, it makes no sense. And all of that, all of those callback stuff, like they, they make no sense. Yes. Um, and once chapter 18 and all hits, it's wholly dependent on you playing the other games. Yeah. And I don't like if that, if that stuff had been in there as like a, I'm trying to think of like like a uh, final mix chapter or something. <laughs> yeah. So like if you if you beat the game on hard or if you collect if you find all the hidden mickeys you get access to this. See, part. I it's so frustrating because I agree with you that maybe that's how it should have been done, but it also could not have been done that way because this is how they put the stamp that things are going to be different. Yeah. And maybe they should have done a better job of leading up to this chapter 18. That's I, yeah. Well, I think mainly I'm, I'm specifically talking about like the Sephiroth stuff. Um, like I think, like I said, I think if you want to do the arbiters of fate stuff at the end, I think you can still do that stuff. Um, and, and not, force it to invoke the history uh of of the original game um like i think if you just if you have stuff as, as it is um with the the things intervening like i think that can still exist um but you you need to give them a better motivation at the end of the game like there needs to be moments where it's clear that the the whispers are doing stuff which is actively antagonistic to what your party is trying to do. If you want me to feel any desire of fighting them. See, that's the, 
I guess that's the weird thing. And I feel like there's this sort of assumption and maybe I'm really off base and you can tell me, but like, that's why I think that there's some sort of stuff that got cut with Sephiroth using them to defeat the whispers because in the end, the good guys win. Yeah. And so if they fight fate, they're fighting the fact that they won, which yeah. is inherently not right. And so maybe there's some stuff on the cutting room floor where it was a little more obvious that Sephiroth was nudging things in a, in a different way. And they, because there's got to be some sort of time travel aspect here with Sephiroth. <laughs> there has to be because... Yeah, so this... The prevailing theory seems to be that this Sephiroth is Sephiroth from the original game. That's what I was thinking, too. It has to be. It has to be. Because <laughs> he knows too much. Exactly. He knows, yeah. he knows everything. And he Because he, yes. he knows... He it knows, it like, makes no the, sense for him to be, like... So there's the thing, like, with the visions, like... Sephiroth doesn't really start affecting Cloud until Cloud appears to him, basically. Um... So it would make no sense for this regular Sephiroth to just be sort of interfering with him the whole time because right. it doesn't seem like Sephiroth had any idea that Cloud was even doing anything. Yeah, And also, Cloud was just trying to stop this electric company. Like He had no reason to intervene. Uh, and so, like the Sephiroth from the, the remake Sephiroth... He knows uh, things. Like, yeah. And, I mean, he knows everything. Yeah, he knows. It, it seems that way for sure. And like he's he is manipulating things sort of. But like again, they don't like we said before. Like they don't show that too well, if barely at all. It's just like the implications. Yeah, there. it's like everything about Sephiroth requires previous knowledge of the original game for it to sort of make sense. Yes. Um, and that that is indeed. I'll agree with you. That is right now, as you have coined it, the Sephiroth problem. Yeah. Is that if you take, when you put Sephiroth in this game, you have to have played the original. Or it makes little to no sense. And if you take Sephiroth out, you have a very perfectly solid, mostly sound story in the game. Yeah, Like... If this game ended with a big... Like, I would have loved for this game to have ended with, like, you facing off with President Shinra or something. Yeah, the 1v1 um, with Rufus yeah. was a really good moment. And that Genova yeah. battle was hard. At least for me. So, like... Even fighting Genova was weird. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, because, again, that's like... At least... Within the story, the thing is being, like, actively antagonistic to you and trying to stop you. Um, but it is, like, it's very out of place. Uh, because, like, you don't know what this thing is. You don't know why it's here attacking you. Uh, you don't know why it turns into a dude at, at the end. And a dude that you, like, ran into earlier in the game. Yeah. Um, and, like, I don't think the game is required to answer all of these questions. Um... But again, like that goes back to the whole meta it, oh, hold on. thing it, about it. It doesn't have to answer the questions, but I it needs to justify their existence. Yes. Yes. And it it maybe does not do a good job of that. I can 
I understand the more you're explaining it, the more I'm understanding where you're coming from. I I get it. Like it doesn't it's essentially building this really cool stuff on like loose sand for for <laughs> yeah. just to have like cool all of, moments. Right. So like all like all of the all the stuff is it's all like these rather than putting stuff like you so you know that this game is going to exist as part of a whole um because like it just sort of people know that final fantasy people who are playing this game know that the original final fantasy existed um a lot of people will probably know that this is just one part of the game um what they don't know so, is it's a fundamental shift. And so but but you know that this is going this game is only going to be part of a whole that is come that is to come further down the line. So it's perfectly fine to put these little mysteries that are like, oh, this is going to happen later in the games. Um but I I think like the mysteries have to be able to stand up on their own based on what is in the game rather than all being based on what happened in the original game and you having to have play that. Right. It's, I don't know on a level. I agree with you. And on the other hand, it's like who hasn't played final fantasy seven. I, I found one person and I'm going to talk to him this week to see, I, I, I wanted to give him time to beat the game. Um, and so like I found one person and I'll like, if you out there are listening to this, and you haven't played the original, please let me know. Because I want to ask you. I might even have you record something with me where I talk to you about it. Um, but it's like, let me know if you, how this stuff lands with you. Because it, I would love to know. I would love to know how confused you are. Um, if it ended up with you going down a wiki rabbit hole. Um, or if it made enough sense, like like we don't have that perspective right or like how did you find a way to rationalize it or have it make sense or understand it or did you not at all (laughs) just decide this is weird yeah i don't know i mean i think there are there are there have to be people who knew what final fantasy 7 was but never had a chance to play it and so now there is like this brand new version of the game uh, it's like, the question is like, why do you remake games? Um, first, one is like the nostalgia thing, but also game, certain games eventually, like, they develop a status, and there are people who will not have to, will have never played them and are not really willing to play orig- the original versions because they're so old, and that will, once there's a new version of the game, will be like, hey, I, I've heard of this game, and I've heard it's good, I want to play it. Uh, and so I, I think the... You, I think you are underplaying the number of people who, um, who will play this game, and will have never played the original one. Cause like I didn't, I didn't play the original until like last year. Yeah, I mean, I, I get it. I just, I, I think people our age did play. I mean, for the most part, people our age did play it though. I, I could be wrong. Like, the PlayStation was in, like, every house, for the most part. I At least the, the circles 
of friends I had, like everyone was playing this game when I was a kid. But so. even then, I think the idea of... I don't know that you can... like I don't think there's a justification for you needing knowledge of a game that's 20 years old. Like, it would be different if this is a game that came out three years ago. Uh, or if this game, like, actually implied that it was a sequel to that game or like a companion piece to the original final fantasy 7 but the cover says it is a remake i feel like that brings the connotation that you don't have to play the first game the original game rather yeah it's quite little literally a remake by the end and yeah that's another thing um like it's Having, like, once you get to the end of the game, like, the name Remake has a different connotation. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. it is not a remake of Final Fantasy VII. It is, final, it is remaking the world of Final Fantasy VII. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's making it, remaking it into a different thing. Yes. Uh, and, it, like, that's, it's clever, and it cert- it's certainly is in line with what Nomura likes to do with his titles. But I think it is a little misleading for people who have never played the original and will not have the kind of knowledge that you need to fully to have a fulfilling experience in this game. Um, and it's and it's just weird. Like, like I don't, I don't outright dislike that stuff because, like, it did. It did tickle me because I did like have that knowledge and like it's the kind of the the winks and the nudges to the the veteran player who knows what what it is. Like I can appreciate appreciate that stuff, but at the same time I'm like uh, I mean it's it doesn't really allow this game to kind of stand on its own and I think it's sort of it's to its detriment. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, I'm still excited for what the future is going to be and seeing this, what they do with stuff and seeing how everything has changed. Yeah, is Zach alive? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like, man, that, like, that... And, but he's alive in the past in an alternate timeline. No, he's seeing the, the ghosts around Midgar. Who knows, though? Yes, but also like... there is this bag of chips that flows by him with the stamp... Uh, icon and he's a different stamp than is in yeah. the game the it's entire diff- rest of the game. It is a different stamp. And Ooh. also if and if Zack is alive in this timeline, then Cloud cannot exist. <laughs> I mean he, Cloud, he Cloud can can't exist. exist as the ex soldier now mercenary. Well, Cloud was never in soldier. It, yes, but like with Zack's death, that is what shaped Cloud to think he was that. Yes, but if Zach and so lives, the cloud in this game cannot exist if, if Zack is still alive. Um, Pray for living paradoxes. If this I mean, is there's also the timeline. implication that Biggs is alive. Yeah. As well, I wouldn't say that's yeah. an implication. He's shown well, okay. waking up. Yeah. <laughs> Which like goes back to like what did what did Cloud decide to do with his seven seconds at the edge of creation? Like he saved Biggs and Zach. Exactly. But okay. Like, well, I again that is I don't know where you are reading that from. All Sephiroth said was, "You have seven seconds. What are you going to do with them?" 
and then, and then it, that implies that there is a choice to make and then we I don't, see because <laughs> I what don't, are you going to do i don't think that is in the actual text of the game um when i got that scene and he said that to me i was like well i don't know what that means and then the rest of the game continues like there is nothing in that part that implies that oh cloud can now save people that in in the future and in the past it's liter it's it's just a line that is cryptic that does not actually imply anything happens i mean and also what would cloud do like the the whole edge of creation thing like what the heck is that there's there's no nothing about that sequence makes any sense i mean i'm with you but the cutscene we get right after it is shows that zach they're... being alive carrying cloud to midgar and wedge being alive bigs bigs <laughs> being alive and then so that a clear them, change was made and then them deciding to leave midgar behind marlene i'm gonna come back eventually yeah and then End the of text game. the unknown journey will yeah continue. the unknown journey will continue right but i think you are implying a causation that is not uh explicit that is not like showed to us i think this is the most explicitly showed thing we can extrapolate from the ending is that like obviously a but it's not explicit made. at all it's the most explicit thing that we have though we don't have but there's nothing like, explicit other... about it it's it's two scenes that are disconnected from each other i mean yes they follow I know, right after each I other i know what you're saying but what else could it have meant i i don't know that's the thing the scene itself does not lead you to believe to understand anything about it I think it directly led me to believing and understanding that a choice was made. <laughs> well, what's what was a choice? Like what what okay, what did Cloud then do? I so I think he made the choice to bring back people, but I don't know the vehicle. Okay, but how did he do exactly? That? I don't know okay, the vehicle we don't know for which part. the choice was. Right. So then how then how are you making this bridge between Sephiroth says you have 7 seconds Zillion, what will you do with it? And you're like, "Oh, well Cloud brought people back to life." Like where, where, where's yeah, where the does connect? that come from? But the thing yeah. is, like, we don't see the vehicle for that happening, but we see the after effect. Yeah, but that I feel like that ties more into what they they destroyed fate, and so now things can change. Uh, and so I think that is the things are different because of that, not because of cloud and sephiroth at the edge of creation doing and whatever i don't think like that whole nothing about that it again there's there's no context to what is happening there yes i see what you're saying yeah but at the end of the day these things happened because of what happened at the end of the game We're, we don't know exactly how they happened whether it was because they changed fate or because Cloud did some time stuff with the Edge of Creation, who knows? Like, at the end of the game, the results are this. And so, I get what you're saying, but 
all we have to go off of is some of the text the game has given us. And so that's what I have inferred. Yeah. I mean, I guess you could be right, but again, it's not in the game. We'll find out in like seven years. Yeah, we'll find out whenever (laughs) the next game comes out in like five years. Like when I, I went around Googling stuff like the seven seconds thing, I saw a lot of people saying... Seven seconds is how long it took for, for Sephiroth to, to fall from the sky to stab Aerith. And Did that's it? what he was talking about. Mm, I don't know if that's true, that's... but I've seen enough people repeat it that <laughs> it's become an idea. Pull up the tape. <laughs> I need to see like a yeah. sports center yeah, like replay. He, yeah, with a of... like a stopwatch in the corner. Like Yeah, I don't know. I, I can agree with you. That it's not explicitly clear. No. But I can tell you that that's where my brain went initially. Whether that's correct or not. Like, that's at least what I gleaned from the information given. Um, And, you know, maybe at the end of the day, this might be another Bioshock Infinite for us. I'm not as heated (laughs) about it as this, as that. But it... It's definitely, I can agree with you that it's definitely vague. And who knows what it means. We won't know until another game explains it, which yeah. is another issue with the Bioshock one because no other game has come out to <laughs> do anything about what this story has plopped in our laps. Um, I don't think it's, like, it. it's in the same vein as Bioshock. I don't think another Bioshock needs to exist to explain the ending of of Bioshock Infinite. Like, I think that is intentionally left open for interpretation, of which I have the correct interpretation. <laughs> and you do not. Um, but I think this stuff is explicitly waiting for another game to tie it up, though. Yes. Um, and, like, I, it's just annoying. Um, I mean, I agree with you that's annoying. I want to know, too. It, and, but it's just the way they went about doing it where they it's just like stuff happens rather than like a story building to it happening yeah. and then leaving you with questions. I mean, that's that's these guys' M.O., though. That, right. Which and is that's another fancy. thing. <laughs> I... Like, <laughs> like, I think it's cool that they're going to go do their own thing. But if that thing is going to be multiple timelines and alternate universes, I don't want it to be that. <laughs> I'm fine I, with it. <laughs> I, but the problem is Nomura is not good at telling those stories. He, all, his history of doing it in Kingdom Hearts only shows that he cannot create a cogent storyline. Yeah. I still that final boss is very Kingdom Heartsy to me. <laughs> the the Dreamweaver one, yeah. or whatever, because you're bouncing from like platform to platform and whatever. Um, also, the end credits reminded me of Kingdom Hearts with the way all the letters were bouncing around and coming together. In the song, I dude, I wish Hollow was on Spotify, but it's not. It makes me really sad because I want to listen to it like at least a solid hour out yeah. of every day. It's a good. It's it was good. It's very good. 
for sure. But yeah, I mean, it, I'm really glad that it's the year 2020 and people are able to talk about Final Fantasy VII, though. I think that that's kind of interesting and neat. Uh, whether or not it's good the way they're talking about it. I mean, I I haven't delved into the YouTube videos and stuff like you have yet, Seth. So maybe there's some explanation and or information that I I haven't seen or theories I haven't seen. Um, so I'm interested to see those. Send those my way if you find any good ones, because you tend to find very good ones. Um, your algorithm. I mean, I haven't seen a lot. I've I've more just been watching like discussions about it. Your your algorithm is pretty solid. Um, <laughs> mine is not. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. It's it, I'm excited that we're talking about Final Fantasy VII again in the year 2020, and that it. I I guess at the end, even with it being frustrating and us disagreeing a little bit, um, I'm really glad that this game has given us discussion instead of us just being, well, yep, that was Midgar. Yep. Ready for, like, you know what I mean? It Ready for Calm in the Nibelheim flashback? Like, yeah, know. but I think it, like, it was always going to have new stuff and i feel like it was always implied that it was going to kind of go in a different direction um i don't think i ever least... thought that Aerith was gonna live <laughs> like well, i don't think uh, okay we don't know that but <laughs> right i think but... i think that the okay so i guess this kind of discussion was never uh <laughs> was you, you never thought you were going to be having it. But no. I think there was always going to be a discussion about the stuff that they were going to change and that they had to change. Right. I think the moment I knew... I mean, that trailer spoiled some stuff, but boy, when Cloud saw the future in that one flash forward. Yeah. Um, and he's yeah, like... Yeah, that I was, was like, weird. What the heck was that? I don't know, dude. And it's like, there any explanation? To, like a version of himself? Like... Yeah, that was also another thing. This just kind of happened and then uh, was left uh, without any sort of follow-up. Yeah, same with the Tifa and the cowboy outfit. Yep. Also, well, that was from uh, the Nibelheim flashback, wasn't the it? The weird stuff that the weird way that Aerith uh, altered people's brains. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just these little is things it, in there it's like what i feel like that like i just like i'm just rationalizing that as like an expansion of what the cetra powers are but like again I there's no this game there's no, like i'm not meaning to pick at the game i love that at one point in the game she's like yeah we're actually called the cetra and i'm like there's been no hint to the cetra being a thing ever in this game are you supposed to be revealing something huge or are you, are you just telling us the ancients are actually called the Cetra? Like, it, I think it was just, <laughs> yeah, but it was like, she, yeah, the way that, that was weird. Cause it, yeah, it was just kind of like the way the cutscene went though, thing? right. Is the way the cutscene went was like, she was dropping the mic or something. And it's like, I mean, it's her, it's her culture, but sort of like, but they didn't mention Cetra exactly. ever. Yeah. Ever. they, the, and, She's the only and one who knows. It's the only times when Barrett was Barrett. They they talk about. You talked earlier about Barrett being going from intelligent to this 
brute type of guy and he's like yeah it's all in the books about the planet and i'm like okay he's pretty well read about the planet yeah (laughs) and then like you know these ancient texts all that stuff it's interesting i yeah i'm interested to see where it goes i think i think what also leads me led me to think that cloud made this choice to save people um and i i'll i'll end on this really is i think what made me think that was that he saved wedge and not jesse see like if if he was the one that saved them because he knew that wedge meant a lot to the kids at the orphanage and cloud showed a lot of kindness to the kids at the orphanage and so that's the that's one of the things my brain clicked as a reason there um whether or not that is proof or anything like that's just something that my brain connected dots to that's what we call a head cannon yes no yes. i i understand <laughs> that i said dream booking earlier but like there's a bit of head cannon for me in this game uh and like i said cloud like sephiroth trying to turn cloud and get him to join him like that kind of stuff like it may be headcanon and I might end up being right who knows but like that's my just seem that that was my take on it whether or not it's correct or not if you're right it's not because of anything the game did to uh, influence <laughs> you and to make you think that yeah and uh, I can agree with you on that yeah also god I so uh in that scene with Biggs like Jesse's glove and presumably headband are on the drawer next to him. Yes. Uh, uh, and I don't like I'm I have no way of knowing whether that means anything. But God, I'm gonna be the if you are going to intentionally go out of your way to be like, hey, look at all these things that we are changing. See how stuff isn't necessarily going to happen the same. It is beyond, like, my. It, it boggles my mind how you would then still choose to kill off the one character who you gave maybe the most character development compared to the original game to. Like, it is. We don't know if Wedge is alive, but it is so. That I feel like, and this is also an argument to think that maybe Jesse is alive, but like if if I've learned anything from like TV shows is if a character does not die on screen, then they're probably not dead, and it was left intentionally ambiguous what happens with Wedge. Um, Biggs is shown to have somehow survived, and if you are then going to not bring back jesse i it mm. especially when this game went out of their way to flesh her out and like yes. the story with her dad that's what yes that's what i was getting like that was so you have to go into his room and he's dying yeah like that was so brutal oh like she has private one-on-one conversations with cloud about her life and like like, I like the way Biggs and Wedge are characterized, but they don't have anything near that. And 
They're the besides ones who like, are going to live. Besides Barrett like, being like, you know, he really looks up to you. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, okay, cool. And even freaking Wedge more than Biggs has more of those moments. And you're going to tell me that freaking <laughs> Biggs is the one who gets out of there. I'm, it pisses me off so much. <laughs> and it doesn't make any sense. Like, if, you, if you're going to have an important character die because of narrative weight, that is fine. Like, I can deal with that, especially because I knew it was coming, but to then turn around and be like, oh, well, actually, these other two characters live. Ha, 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 get it? See? Things are different. And it's like, uh, excuse me, sir? Do you know, like, the hours that you spent developing this character and her relationship with the main character of the game and uh, by proxy me and then you're just <laughs> like nah he's well she can't live because she died and it's like well uh, but he can live you, you understand died. what the ending of this game means yeah you literally saved a guy in the past you know what's and... kind of infuriating in the next game we might not get any answers to any of this because they're all still in Midgar and they're leaving Midgar. And who knows? So uh, I think the next one is going to open up in Calm. I don't know where it's going to open up. Because it's all I, different. I was listening to, some, to something that uh, like said that they can see the opening like tutorial sequence being uh, Zach in um, Nibelheim Ooh. and just doing like the whole Nibelheim thing right there. I would love that because I just want more Zack. <laughs> oh man. I think we're going to split this up into two episodes. <laughs> this is <laughs> this is waiting. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm I I'm still I it's it's like after our Kingdom Hearts discussion Seth. I love this game still. Um, I think that the story, like the the quibbles I have with the story and some of the things you've revealed, I respect them and that makes me understand why you feel the way you do. And I, I get it. I also maybe also hold the game against those standards now a little more and I've learned that. But I still overall really liked it. And I'm really happy that this experience happened. Um, I mean, yeah, it's yeah. a great game. And, like, I even like aspects of the ending. Um, and I don't, like, the stuff I did like doesn't alter my view of the game at all. It's just, uh, it, it's just, it's like this bitter taste in the mouth right at the end of a really <laughs> delicious meal. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like, well, ugh, why did I eat that? I should have just stopped earlier. <laughs> Especially with how freaking awesome that Rufus fight was. That Rufus scene, oh, and he's so cool. His jacket is cool. Yeah, oh, his gun was cool. Yeah, I wonder what they're going to do with him. Yeah, because like it's pretty clear that the characters who can see the whispers are like going have a lot of importance and are going to are, are the ones who are going to be working against like the tide of fate yeah and 
you get Rufus out of nowhere who's like, hmm, what is, what is going on here? What are all these flying things? And so it implies some kind of connection with Aerith and also some kind of down the line, some important plot implications of him doing something different than what his original counterpart did. Yeah. I saw some neat Twitter threads of people saying that Kyrie might be secretly Yuffie. <laughs> okay, was... so I 100% when she showed up was like, mm, that's Yuffie, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, she looks like what I would think she Yuffie looks like looks her. Like. It's yeah. weird that um, she's like peddling war propaganda, though. To make like money, baby. Shinra. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. Money, but like so, against Wu Tai. Interesting thing that I learned about Kyrie is that part of the compilation was this light novel called it was like called the kids are all right and it actually like in it is uh, yeah. the angel of the slums and kyrie <laughs> really? is in it um and leslie is in it okay um, and so a bunch that. of yeah so like a bunch of those characters come from that so like the way kyrie's story ends when you find out she's the the angel's granddaughter uh, and then with that knowledge i don't think she's yuffie anymore but 100 percent when she showed up <laughs> And the way she looks, and the way she talks, and the way she steals things, I'm like, that's Yuffie, right? Yeah. yeah. Anyone? Yeah. We all in agreement here? I also really I like... I think it'd be cool if it still was, but I don't know how that, how they would make that work. I really like Red 13's voice actor. Um, he does I good. think I tweeted out about that. I was very... I was not expecting that voice, and I really liked it. Yeah, I don't really know what I expected with Red 13. <laughs> yeah. I will say that when he talks, like, this is not what I was expecting. But also, I don't really know what they were going to do with yeah. his voice. I I remember, like, uh, the way that they hold, they make you, like, yearn to hear his voice because they he doesn't talk right away. Yeah. He talks, yeah. like, a minute into the scene of what they're doing. And when he first spoke, I was like, yeah. ooh, like, that's... Uh. Yeah, it was a. They really make you. uh, It's one of those things that, like, you know, there's like a pause to make you lean in to get interested. And yeah, I I really. I love that the the. I kind of love stupid time travel plots sometimes. Yeah. Um, I rail against them sometimes, Um, especially I think in Endgame it was really weak and I hated it. But, um, like, in this, I don't know why it got me, but it did. And, I mean, there's no explicit time travel, but it, like, has to be. It Yeah. It has to be. The thing about it is, like, time travel plots are very hard to do well. And Final Fantasy VII already had a plot that wasn't told very well in the original <laughs> game. Yeah. And so, the, it was the creator's going to have a monumental task out of making sense of what is already in the game. And now to throw in a time travel plot. Because, like, the plot has to still follow vaguely the outlines of the original game. Um, or else, like, it will make no sense. Uh, it already doesn't really make sense as why they're going after Sephiroth. Because they're just kind of like, alright, well, I guess that's what we're doing now. Um, but, I don't know. It's I, I don't really have a lot of faith in their ability to do it. Uh... But we'll see, because this game is very good, even despite the weird stuff. Um, so I guess I owe them the benefit of the doubt. But I, I don't know. I don't. It's. <laughs> I don't know. Like I don't. 
and I don't I don't want to be like a purist here has to be like well that's not what the original game is like I'm fine with it I just don't agree with maybe the way they're doing it yeah I feel like they wanted to change it there was probably more of a straightforward way to do this yeah like you could you could just like change it and not have to do any of the meta stuff I agree with you there could be just the the brute force like this is different now deal with it because there was and I, I, I meant to say this earlier, and I feel bad saying it now two hours in I, if we lost anyone. Um, but there are things that they change without the Dementors showing up, like yeah. Shinra blowing up the thing. And um, there's like little stuff that changes um, that didn't enact the, uh, the, the fate the fates, I guess it didn't play the make destiny play the fates card. Yeah, um, I felt like, like the the church scene was going pretty normal, and then the fates showed up for seemingly no reason. Um, everything in Wall Market was different. Yes, than the original game. There is not a single thing in there that works that goes in the same sequence. Uh, and no, no Dementors there. They're not changing anything. Yeah. They weren't anywhere in that scene. But that fabulous Andrea was, though. And he was great. Yes. I I hesitate to even say he. He can... They can be whatever they want. He was great. They were great. Oh. That whole... That was all right, I guess. (laughs) You didn't like it? You just gotta be... I don't know. Be who you want to be, baby. Dance. Express I yourself. That. I love that. Yeah, I think it's it's just a little too uh, on the nose, I guess. A little, yeah. Like, it's like they were like, they knew that what they did in the original game wouldn't fly. So, yes. like, okay, well, let's make this a super pride anthem thing, as and but not really like. <laughs> it's not as, I don't know. It's I, not I, as I, subdued as the gym owner, which the gym I, owner is very. There, it's never fully addressed, but it's definitely there. Well, I just, I don't. <laughs> I'm not gonna touch that. Um, the thing with like, I, I don't really. I also don't. I don't know how much I wanna. I, I feel. Um, what's the word? I feel uh, qualified to speak on the uh bumblebee uh lodge stuff just because um the people i think who would i am not in the the category of the people who would are are going to be sort of negatively portrayed by the stuff in, right that happens in there so i'm not gonna be out here like championing oh the wall market the the honeybee the the or whatever it's called i can't remember the name the i think it's honeybee inn i think yeah the honeybee inn is this amazing triumph of of progress but it's cuz i don't one i don't think it is i think it's i'm not more saying a, it fully is i i like that i just like that one character well yes, i don't know like, if it was good i think i, I think andrea is a fine uh addition but again like you have to wonder about the intentionality of that yeah uh, i don't know i was 
personally, I was disappointed that I I thought it was funny that the the dressmaker is drunk in the bar, bemoaning that he doesn't have a job anymore. Um, when, <laughs> but I did kind of miss like getting like doing the stuff with Aerith to to make to get the dress. Like, the, yeah, yeah. We also did not talk about the massage scene, which. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we didn't have to. We don't. We don't have to. Oh man, that's that is a bizarre scene. Okay, um, <laughs> who? Uh, gosh, uh, we're gonna have to. I think we're we're probably gonna have to um, take this whole the, the the whole second part of this podcast and and put it separately. So we might oh, need yeah. to record a new ending uh, for the first part. <laughs> yeah, um, and f- figure out. A break some like record a break somewhere um in this one um i want to i'm curious what uh at the end of chapter 14 who who did you have out in the garden and where um so before you like set off in the morning to go save Aerith, you go outside and have a heart to heart with someone who was out there for you oh tifa oh okay Tifa was also mine. My boys. <laughs> but there, there's also a scene with Aerith and a scene with Barrett that you can get. Oh. No, Tifa was out there. I mean, Aerith wasn't even in my final battle. I must have really <laughs> uh, not chosen. Yeah, I, I'm curious how that stuff works. Because I think that might actually be random. Because I've heard of people like who have like replayed that fight and it changes no i died three times against sephiroth and each time it was the same order well i i i I just mean like uh like i don't think it would change like mid battle but i think if you did it again it might change oh gotcha gotcha but i'm not 100 percent sure on that gotcha have you gone back and played any of it on hard no not yet I've debated it. I just wanted to let it sit for a little bit. Yeah. So. Sometimes you need to let games breathe. Yeah. That's fair. And I was, frankly, I was a bit too frustrated with it to immediately go <laughs> dive back into it. Yeah. Um, well, I think, I think this is a good spot to, to stop. Um, yeah. I... I like the game. I hope everyone out there liked it. Um, and with that, after this long-winded, uh, interesting conversation around Final Fantasy VII Remake, um, we are hope you're having a great week. And share this with a friend if you liked it. Um, if you didn't like it, share it with your enemy. We'd appreciate that too. Inflict some pain upon them uh, with our words. And we will talk at you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.